Welcome to episode 96 of Talking Mopars and another replay of a Facebook live stream that I recorded on Friday night. It was impromptu and I thought it would be fun to just open up the lines and see who would join me on the show. And lo and behold, I had a couple longtime listeners join me on the show. So big shout out to Trevor and Sean for joining me on the live stream. It was a lot of fun. We had some buddies in the chat and we had a great time talking Mopars. So without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth. And I am your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter. And this is Talking Mopars Live. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter. Your direct connection to all things Mopar. We are live on Facebook once again. This is an impromptu, no agenda live stream podcast. So we'll see what happens. Um, I've got some stuff I can talk about, and uh, I did want to go on eBay and take a look and see what kind of cars are on eBay. So if anybody joins me on the show, that would be cool. And I'm going to post a link in the chat to join me live if you feel like coming on the show if you have a uh, phone or a webcam some headphones or some earbuds you can join me on the show and we can talk mopars it's a pretty laid-back show tonight i will post that link right now so the link is in the chat what's up hunter <clears throat> and we're just hanging out folks i actually have uh ebay motors pulled up right now just to see what's uh out on the market i do have a listener message from my website sometimes i get messages um, that filter in through my website because my website also has basically a voice mailbox where you can leave me a voice message so not only can you call 20928 mopar to hear yourself on the show but you can also just visit talkingmopars.com and you can also join my mailing list there i have not sent anything out in the mailing list but it is growing i didn't realize people were subscribing to it so i gotta start Put out a newsletter or something. What's up, Trevor? Hola, Adam. What's up, buddy? Just hanging out. It's 8.58. I was planning on going live at 9, so we're just going to hang out for a few minutes. Let everybody join up if they want to hang out and uh see what we got going on like i said anybody that wants to join the show the link is the first post um pretty simple click on the link and you can join me in the green room and then i'll bring you on screen and if your connection's junk it's junk my connection's junk all the time so we'll see what happens but uh friday night hopefully you don't work tomorrow i know i don't i'm very excited about that I'm bringing up eBay Motors right now. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to attempt to share my screen here. All right, and we got eBay Motors up. Corey in the chat says, uh, 
looking for my 73 rally challenger I sold back in the 90s. Man, <laughs> that'll be uh, likely a tough one to find, dude. Um, have you done the basic searches and stuff? Like if I was missing a car and, you know, something that I sold a long time ago, my first search would be for the color, the year, and the make and model of the car in Google and see what pictures pop up. You never know. You know, you may see a car that looks exactly like yours and be like, oh, that one looks exactly like it. Click on it and find out that, hey, it's your old car. You never know. You know, it's it's worth a shot. But here we are on eBay. Let's uh, let's take a look at some Plymouths. All right, see if you can see the screen. I'm not the biggest fan of the auctions. I do like uh, the buy it nows. So let's take a look at some buy it nows. Corey says, yep, done it. Um, did any results come from that, dude? Where were you? Uh, where did you sell the car? Where are you from? And some details about the car. You never know who's going to watch this. <laughs> Let's uh, see what we got. $159,000 or best offer for a 70 Barracuda. This better be a Hemi. Oh, yeah, look at that. 1970 Hemi Cuda, real deal, California car, build sheet, mint body trades considered. Wow. Let's take a look at that. Dude, I love that sign in the background. I want that sign. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. The car is awesome too. And we have Trevor in the chat. Trevor, give me a second here, buddy. Let me jump over here. Get you on. What's up, Chris? How you doing, buddy? What's up, man? Oh, you know, I'm it's another beautiful night. I gotta pick up my mom from the airport at like 4 30, but I can't miss one of these. They're a highlight of my Friday. Oh, man, thanks. I appreciate it. So uh, you're up late tonight, huh? I'm kind of thinking about it. Like, do oh. I just stay up and chug a bunch of monsters or just wait until <laughs> I have the PDA, you know? I hear you. I'm actually, uh, I'm flying out. I don't know if uh, you heard, but I'm heading over to the, um, a couple car shows. I'm going to muscle cars at the strip in las vegas uh september 10th and 11th and then the weekend after that i'm going to holly mo party um down in kentucky so it's going to be a busy a busy september for me so i uh i understand about those late night flights and stuff like that because i've been trying to work them around my schedule i feel this is going a lot better than last time because like back in april i had to join but it was so choppy i couldn't understand <laughs> any of you and you couldn't understand me yeah, that, that was a rough one, dude. I'm glad you jumped on. Um, you know, with with these live streams, it's like, you know, you can never rely on the connections just because it's the internet, you know what I mean? So we try to do as best we can. Absolutely. Well, I guess I better tell you about my Mopar. So, uh, you know, get it going. I have a 77 Ram charger that it's getting a 440 eventually. You know how that goes. Uh, sure. I've got a 79 D100 slant six three that my buddy I bought from claims he never changed the oil in the four years he owned it. <laughs> but uh, those slant sixes, those are just insane. They make no power, but they go forever, you know? 
Yeah, you know, some people have uh, cranked them up a little bit. They turbocharge them and stuff like that. So, I mean, it is possible to get some power out of them. Um, but it depends on how much you want to spend. When I had my little 76, it was like, you know, $600 to get a header for it. And I thought that was just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Seriously, huh? Yeah. But I, they respond well to turbos, from what I've heard. Yeah, man. You know, uh, they they sound like a ricer. Like I watched a few videos on them, and they sound <laughs> like this really mean, like American style ricer. And they'll do nine seconds in the quarter. It's amazing. Yeah, I thought I heard about um, a few of them that were really, really fast. Uh, I don't, I don't know much about them, but I know that there's some slant sixes out there that are pretty fast. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm actually thinking of taking the 360 out of my Ram charger and just slapping it with my D100, so I have more time the big block in my Ram charger. It's like it runs, and it's a really easy swap. I just got to find a four speed, get the three on the tree, you know. Yeah, that might be uh, <laughs> that might be a little rough. I don't know how easy those are to find, dude. Um, I can't recall the last time I saw one. But well, Wildcat Auto Wrecking is actually like an hour from my house, and I love just walking through there. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's just a Mopar guy's dream. I mean, there's nothing like all the good muscle cars are gone, but there's wagons, sure. there's trucks, there's vans. I mean, they have everything, and what I've heard is it's going up for sale, so... I think I have to go there soon before they sell it now. Yeah, I've actually been making plans to go down there, and I really want to get down there before they sell it. Um, when I found out it was for sale, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> you know. And then I found out how much they wanted for it. Because, of course, you know, me being a dreamer, I was like, gosh, could I afford <laughs> could I afford to buy the place? But it's not like... It's not like Steven's performance where there's a bunch of, you know, chargers and B bodies and E bodies and stuff. So it is it is one of those cool places, though, locally. At least we have uh, Mopar Wrecking Yard. I haven't been there, though, and I want to go. They're actually uh, they have a 66 Coronet there. I might rob parts off because a buddy of mine sold me a 66 Coronet for what was it? Twenty two, twenty five hundred bucks. And it's like. My friend's dad was like, ah, oh, just buy one that's rusty because it's admittedly rusty like all of them are. And sure. I was kind of like, I understand what you're saying, but you have guys that are twice my age with 10 times my money going, I will buy any Cornet, any Charger, any Belvedere, GTX, name it. You know, I'm for the price you're asking. So <laughs> I really don't have that option, you know, because it's like as soon as I have the money, some guy who has way more time and resources than me has already taken it, you know? Yeah, sure. I, I get that, man. I, I feel that pain. That happens to me all the time. But uh, I've strategically started a special account so that if something crazy comes up, I have the cash at my disposal to buy it. So I'm just uh, <laughs> waiting in the wings, you know what I mean? But it's going to take me a while to build up those funds. But there's been so many cars that I've had to lose out on because I didn't have the cash at the time that uh, it's about time I get my uh, stuff together and, and be ready so I don't have to get ready. You know what I mean? Well, you know, I think it was, uh, what was it, Johnny Mopar was talking about the ring of project, right? I love that concept, you know. I think it went like, Ring one, the stuff you'll never get rid of, the stuff you'll always keep yeah. no matter where you end up in life. This ring two is the stuff you'll really, really don't sell, but if somebody offers you enough money, you'll get rid of it. And I'm working on getting into like the ring three or four, but it's so hard because I know I'm not going <laughs> to find another one of what I have. 
Yeah, uh, it, it's easy for a guy like Johnny to have a circle because, because his <laughs> his ring, you know, he's got so many cars that, it, you know, he has a few different rings that he can choose from. Um, myself, I have two. If I wanted to get rid of something, it would have to be, you know, somebody said I had to get rid of one of my Mopars today. You know, one of the ones that is at my house, I would have to get rid of the van, unfortunately, because the Mr. Norm truck is going nowhere anytime soon. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you've, worked, you've worked so hard to get a van, though. I've, I've kept up on your van. So I, you missed out on the big block 440 van. You missed out yeah. on a couple others. You know, it's like, man, I'd hate to see it go because you've worked so hard to get a van that you actually wanted to invest time in. Yeah, this one, uh, this is definitely the one. Uh, I, every once in a while, I still have regrets about the 440 van, but you know that that one was just a little bit too far gone. The one that I have now isn't that far gone, and I can still have a good time with it. But what's funny is I don't know if you're paying attention, but I posted a uh, video of me after I put the headers on that van, and I've been getting roasted because it sounds like complete shit. And I, <laughs> I, I may have I may have a wire hooked up wrong or. Um, a couple wires hooked up wrong because it but the thing is is before i put the headers on i did have it running and it did not sound that bad i think the headers may be accentuating the sound a little bit but uh it definitely is out of time i know that for a fact but i've been getting roasted in, in that uh because everybody's roasting me for starting it with starting fluid and shit i'm like give me a break man come on <laughs> but uh it's, it's fun because everybody's an expert online you know <laughs> oh i feel that you know i've uh i i'm not one of the guys who just looks at the cars i actually nerd out on the information like uh i'm obsessed with that mid-60s special culture like uh i love the early like a 90 plymouth court belvedere's and dodge cornets because i mean as much as i love the look they were they, they were ugly cars they weren't the 68 to 70 charges you know like they were the grandma cars that did nine second quarters and i i just i love that balls to the wall chrysler thing that they did <laughs> way back when yeah they uh the early 60s was a very special time for chrysler admittedly i don't know that much about the early stuff like the max wedge era but um I do know that they were badass and they were they were taking grandma grocery getters and throwing big blocks in them and letting them rip and they were pulling off some really cool um times and you know the super stock uh, when the super stock era started taking off that was probably one of my favorite times in the history of mopars because it's like oh we're off to the races now and then as you get into the mid late 60s things were just taking off which i think is really cool well you know you go like an a990 to the demons we have now it's like that's a nine and a half second car that can, you can daily drive if you had an inkling to back then they technically could drive these race cars on the street but ah they were like a bear trap man you know it was all enough the 426 heavy cars yeah um i i i I'm just so happy that Dodge is still kind of living up to that high performance heritage. You know what I mean? Um, they could easily have just said, you know what, screw it. And they could have been working on um, a bunch, of, you know, especially with today's day and age, when you talk about the, uh, you know, pollution and global warming and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's, it's interesting that uh, they're still going whole hog and just saying you know what let's get as much power out of these things as possible but they just had that press conference and they said we've pretty much reached the limit 
of an internal combustion engine, and that's why they're going electric. How do you feel about the electric stuff? You know, as a car guy, uh, uh, mainly Mopar, but as a car guy, I can't ignore the fact that the electric stuff is actually, it's cool, you know? Like, the fact that they can get these electric cars to do what they do, I do think that's cool, but the old school guy in me is like, oh, when I gas, I don't have that noise, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think there's room, I think there's room for both. I don't think that, um, I don't think it's fair to say that, uh, Dodge is going to completely abandon, you know, their heritage, you know, because what got them to the race in the first place was that raw horsepower. You know what I mean? And I think I think that it is time to embrace what's happening with um, electric vehicles. But I also I don't think it's time to just forget about where we've been and where we've come from. So I don't see I don't see the muscle cars dying out. I've always said that if at worst case scenario, they might start taxing us a little bit more. You know what I mean? But you look at the times and uh, oh hi Sean if you can hear us. What's up Sean? You got us? Can you hear us? Nice. Well, what I was gonna say is that you know there was a time in like the seventies and eighties when Chrysler they didn't have any uh, small cars. A guy like me back in the day could uh, really sink their teeth into like the they had the Aspen and the Cordobas in the late seventies I think, but in the eighties mm. they. They were struggling, you know, like I think it was yeah. B.I. Akoka who brought in the uh, K car, wasn't it? The Absolutely. Vans? Yeah, if it wasn't for Iacocca, Chrysler probably would have died. They were going into bankruptcy <laughs> and all that stuff, and they come out with this K car and then the, the little caravans. That saved them, too. If it wasn't for those, gosh, who knows where Chrysler would be right now. So Lee Iacocca, a guy from Ford, you know what I mean? Yeah, I actually was killed by an 88 caravan when I was three and a half. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. My my dad ran me over when I fell out of the van, and he, he oh obviously felt bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously he felt bad, but I fell out of the car, and you know, even though I was that young, that's a uh, that's an incident you don't forget, you know. So I fell out of the car, I saw the tire go over me. And then my dad runs over and is like, Trevor, speak to me, speak to me. And I'm like, oh my no. <laughs> and oh, I, man. I, I hear him yell, thank God. And, you know, then it was a whole hullabaloo. But they're giving me a bunch of money for it when I get older and wiser with my money. So if you can get away <laughs> with getting run over like I have, go for it, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm willing to take that risk. But uh, we've got a, we've got SRT Sean joining us today. What's up, Sean? How's it going, buddy? It's going great. Awesome. It's going great. Long time fan. Uh, oh, thanks, man. Long time Mopar lover. Awesome. Yeah. Um, what do you got? Uh, I just actually I just got back from the track. My latest car is a 2019 Red Eye. No. Oh, nice. Oh. Okay. okay. Let's let's get into this because I've driven Scat Packs. I haven't driven a Hellcat. So I have no basis of comparison. How crazy are these red eyes? Um, it's the fastest. It's the fastest car I ever drove, and, wow. and it's it is. Let me see if I can do this too. Um, it's gonna let me do this. Trevor, do me a favor. I'm gonna leave you muted, and I, can you unmute yourself? 
Cause I'm going to leave you mu muted. Okay. I'm going to leave you muted when you're not talking that way we can eliminate some of that static. And then when you want to chime in, if you can hit unmute yourself, you can feel free to unmute yourself when you're ready to talk. All right, buddy. Works for me. Sounds good. So this, right. was, this was um, just an example run. It's a totally stock red eye. The only thing I did was put tires, tires and um, that's it, tires <laughs> and wheels. All right, this is yeah, this is cool. Twenty-one fifty DA was at Atco. This was an earlier run, but I'm there all the time. I, it's the first car I ever can just drive to the track, run all wow. night, and drive it home. It's awesome. Wow. What's that dropping away next to you? It's a uh, over Camaro. Like a, it's like a '69 Camaro or yeah. something. About to about to eat his lunch is what he just did. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Or it just it it really is like I, I was telling um Good Lord. I actually told it um <laughs> grandpa and his son. His son he said my uh, my grandson loves your car. And I said, Yeah, I love it too. I said it's my first car payment I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> man, that so what's done to your car? I see you got some slicks That's and uh some it. Just Some drag radios. That's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you just go up and turn a ten six. That. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. That's. Yeah. And when the weather gets fun. better, it turns ten ten twenties. So. Good God. Yeah, and and again, um, Chris, the best part is just throwing the tires onto my driveway, driving to the track, and and running. I don't think I really don't have to worry about anything. That's that's awesome. See, now, a lot of people get me confused because they hear me talking and some people think that I throw shade at modern Mopars. I do not. <laughs> that is badass. Ten, I mean, go to the dealership and buy a 10 second car. How crazy is that? Yeah. And it <laughs> it's was, absolutely insane. It was <laughs> something, you know, like you can get 797 daily drivable factory warranted horsepower. It's like <laughs> you, you couldn't do that back in the 60s, you know. No, with a warranty. <laughs> when, when, so I think I'll give you a little history. My first car was a 69 Charger, 383, rotted floor. <laughs> <laughs> and um, from there, it was, you know, that was the 80s. So then I had my dad's Charger 2.2, and we were talking about K cars and the, and the uh, <laughs> And that era, and I saw that there were a couple. I saw the Shelby that you posted up. <laughs> um, and, and then since, the, and then I came back. I guess it was 2005 because I, I got a rental car from Avis when I was traveling, and they gave me a 2005 Hemi RT wagon, and I fell in love with it, and I <laughs> kept that, and I until valve, till the valve. Uh, retainer dropped in the number seven cylinder and oh, yeah. dumped all over my driveway. But I just fell in love with that car. It was not a fast, there was not a fast wagon around. It was like this big <laughs> thing and it would just blast. <laughs> awesome. And then I had a scat pack. I had a Hellcat. And then this is the one that I said, okay, Dodge is giving me a a car with a supercharged Hemi with a warranty. I said, I can't, I can't pass that by. I don't know if that's ever going to come around again. I just, you know, with how fast the Hellcats are out of the box, 
you throw almost another 100 horsepower, 90 horsepower. It's uh, how big of a difference does it make compared like if you compare the Hellcat since you've owned one yeah. to this bad boy? What how big of a difference is it? Um so I'm, I'm a little different than I keep my car stock except for the okay. wheels. So um the charger is more refined and it's more refined at speed. So above um, above 150 or so, the charger would just get nice and flat. That was my Hellcat charger. This is not as not <laughs> as refined once once you start hitting those numbers. It's, it just you can tell that the wind adds a bit of resistance to it. Yeah. But, um, in terms of pure speed, this one launches like no other car especially when you start putting the stickier tires on it because it's yeah. like you know i don't know if i can adjust the uh oh i can all right so just this when like i had a the guy was real nice to take this video because this was one of the ones i wanted to see how how much it it really squats down in the back and and it'll wrinkle uh, too far God, it's about ready to pull that front end up off the ground. Yeah, except the, the <laughs> Mickey Thompson drag radials are the heaviest. These tires are the heaviest tires that they ever created. I would have to get like bias plies, but it when it when it rips out of the hole, it, it really does. Now, when you go drive this thing around, does anybody ever ask you like, "Oh man, that that's cool," or uh, do they just go uh, another modern Challenger? All the time, all the time, all the time, and they like the color because it's like a throwback color. It's like a destroyer gray with the red interior, and it's full weight. Like I think with me, and it's close to forty six hundred pounds. So, wow, it's just amazing. It blows my mind how fast these cars are, and it's all it's all uh, like from what I've seen, they're super easy to launch. You got I don't know exactly how they how they do it, but I imagine this has full launch control and everything that the Demon had, or yeah. It, not it's a little it has launch control it doesn't have a trans brake so launch control okay. is a little um it's um it's a little tough to get used to though i've been practicing i cut a zero zero three light jesus and, uh, <laughs> like a 149 60 foot so it was it was trucking along but wow yeah the trans brake is just the two paddles and you'll hold them back and then just let one go and the other one go and then you take off <laughs> this this you have to um activate the launch control okay put your foot on the brake stomp on the gas so so you're holding it there and then once it leaves i can't leave above 1700 because we'll break the tire loose because it's <laughs> putting like eight pounds of boost already into it and i haven't figured out how to do it yet yeah that's just uh it's crazy how fast those things are it's ridiculous yeah. let's uh let's the get blast. through a couple of these let's get through a couple of these uh chats here um i i've never realized that uh guests can share videos this is going to change the whole game <laughs> i didn't know it either i just saw it down there and I saw it. yeah I'm that's a set my computer cool. up now so i can share some of my rancher videos yeah there you go yeah i um, love your truck too i saw it when i saw you buy it i'm like oh my god they had yeah a big mr they had a big mr norms um um tribute at carlisle this year and just some of the cars they had there yeah i'll try to, I'll try to post up some pictures to your uh, 
with your site. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, I actually, a couple of people asked me if I could get the truck out to Carlisle, and as much as I wanted to, I was just like, it's not possible. Unless somebody wanted to help me arrange shipping for it, there's no way in hell I was driving it out there, but I wish it could If there was an event for it to go to, that would have been the one, you know what I mean? Yeah. You should get a three-wheeler stick in the back of that thing. That's what we'll call around to events. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, I've got a few of them. That's why I want to put a V8 in the D100 because I want them without to haul my, my other dead truck in, you know? Yeah. Um, that's uh, Those things, you know, I just recently took a little spin in my buddy's side-by-side. And uh, the thing is, re- those things are ridiculous. I've always been a little scared of the three wheelers and the quads, because uh, if I get hurt, I'm screwed. <laughs> but in the, in the cage, you know, of a side by side, it's like, just do whatever the hell you want. You might roll it, but you got a cage to protect you. <laughs> That's so. true, but I, I just, I never liked them because it's like one of the guys who uh, operate the side by sides out on the dunes, where right? they're not very considerate everybody else out there because you, you got think i got no protection when i'm out there yeah. those guys have a cage belts yeah most of the time they're drinking because who's going to stop that in case of Bruce, you <laughs> yeah. know yeah. and they'll take you out in a hurry like it happens more wow. often than you think at least once a, a big event down here in oregon that that somebody gets flight because again a side side comes ripping up the hill not paying attention and I, they'll take you out, so you always got to be careful. And another thing, when you're out there, the rest of things leave. Oh, it's it's a painful experience at like UV takeover. It'll <laughs> it'll take you out in a hurry. Yeah, that's crazy. My buddy's actually down at Dunefest right now with his side by side. He just bought one, and uh, I guess he wrecked out on the trail and had a head on collision with another guy. So he's in the ER right now. It's just a nightmare. I guess that I guess the side by sides totaled. I was like. See, you know, that's why I, I, I stay my ass inside in this chair and I podcast. That's why I do this. <laughs> oh, come on, Chris. Take a chance. You already have that badass truck. Uh, go do some burnouts. Take a burnout. <laughs> uh, um, all right, Corey, Corey was telling us earlier about uh, a Challenger that he let go, and he said it was sold in Anacortes, Washington. It was Emerald Forest Green 344 barrel auto. Um, I'll keep my eyes peeled, but gosh when did he say he got rid of that thing and back in the 90s man gosh i i haven't seen one locally um (laughs) that's a that's a long shot dude but i if i was you i would post in all the e-body forums all the e-body groups on facebook hopefully you have some pictures of the car share pictures and say does anybody know the whereabouts of this car i tried that with my dad's van and no luck i messaged so many van guys on instagram because i was like these guys have some reach maybe they'll i mean the van's pretty recognizable but from what i understand when my uncle sold it to some kid up in bellingham the kid ended up wrecking it now i don't know how bad it was wrecked if it got totaled out or what but no luck in finding my dad's van because if i found that thing that would be (laughs) that would be insane i know exactly how you feel there i uh there's a few trucks that i regret selling to this day and 
my first truck ever, an 81 Suzu Pup Diesel. I had it from 11 to 14. I wound up sticking that thing. <laughs> and my grandpa's just like, you can keep it. Nobody else drives it. And I had 80 acres to go play around on. I, <laughs> I'd punch holes in the radiator. I'd jump this thing. I'd be every <laughs> panel on that truck. But it never died. It made all 60 horsepower. But 11 to 14, I didn't need anything. I got in plenty of trouble. And I, I sold it at when I was like 14 for a grand and like, man, at 14, a grand's a lot of money, but I still look for it to this day and it's rusting, returning to the years when I got rid of it. So who knows where it ended up, but a man can dream that I'll find it someday, you know? Yeah, definitely. You know, those little mini trucks, man, those Dodge D50s, I know they're Mitsubishis basically, but these guys that are putting big blocks in them, man, those things are insane. <laughs> Oh, they they spin tires at idle. There's like so many fun of those things, you know. Yeah, they're so uh, they're so insane. I'm I'm surprised no one swapped a. Uh, I'm sure someone has, but I haven't seen one yet. A modern Hemi in one. One of these days, I'd like to swap a 26 Hemi into my Ram Charger. That'd be cool. I, I've never seen it done, and a lot of the older guys are like, well, I'm doing 426 Hemi. They work better at our hands, and I'm like, well, that's what motor's always been to me, making a big block sing, because they, they last so much longer than any other big block, but they're quite surprised. That's why I haven't gotten around to building 440 yet, because with what I want to do to it, a big block stroker, the, the prices get up there, you know? Yeah, um... As far as the Hemis and the Ram Chargers go, man, the guy Aaron from Horsepower Northwest, I don't know if you've seen that trail duster, but it is amazing. <laughs> that trail duster is badass. We were the only two tin grill trucks at the Puyallup show, so it was really cool to see his with the Hellcat swap in it. Um, that it was awesome. Oh, that sounds like a great time. I, I just, one of these days, I always say that. I'm going to get to my project I'm getting slowly. You know, you got to focus on one so that you have enough time to dump it in the other. You know how it is. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm just glad I'm in a place right now where I have something I can enjoy in the Mr. Norm truck, at least for the summer. And then uh, once winter time comes, that's when I can really get after it. And I have the I have the 5.7 Hemi, so it's not going to be anything crazy for now. But as long as I have all the swap components and I have the modern Hemi inside the truck, then... If a Hellcat came along or a 6.4, the swap would be easy. Yank out, put in, <laughs> you know. So that's what I'm looking forward to. We'll see what happens. Well, did you uh, hear about what uh, David Freiberg did with General Mayhem? He took the Hellcat out of General Mayhem yeah. and put a 440 stroker in it. And a 440 stroker is really cool, but how many people beside him are crazy enough to take the Hellcat out of the and 440 you know yeah that's uh that's crazy but that just shows you you know Freiburger how old school he is you know what i mean that's uh gremlin that thing's insane i can't wait i can't wait to see what it can do um and johnny mopar if i'm not mistaken is going to be down there for uh the uh the races down there for the zip tie drags or the duct tape drags whatever it is i forget but uh zip tie drags um he's heading down there with uh hopefully his dad's 68 charger so that'll be fun um i don't know this this guy said uh check out this teaser for this new movie warren fast is doing i don't know who warren fast is 
Maybe I'm out of the loop. I'm trying to figure out what uh, what he's talking about. I'll, I'll look into that later. So, Chris, <clears throat> let me throw a question at you. Yeah, go for it, buddy. So what do you think if you were like the best buy for a classic Mopar? So the ones I've seen are seem like mid-60s Polaris are still real low priced and they were outfitted with all the because i'm on the site right now looking at one <laughs> and I, I, like they seem to be the ones that still are i guess undiscovered gems because they're not you know still mid-20s with big blocks you know what's interesting about those cars is that i see so many of them that are still low mileage because they didn't yes. get beat on yes. you know in the 70s and 60s and the 80s they were uh you know, they were the redheaded stepchildren that, you know, Uncle Larry had, you know, yeah. in the driveway with 60,000 original miles. Yeah. So and you just don't see them very often. I've always yeah. said, like, I posted a video yesterday of uh, the Chrysler 300 in the guy's driveway. And it's not my style, but I totally would be on board for people going out and getting those, um, you know, non-muscle car mopars because like you're saying you know they got big blocks in them um yeah. i see more big block old uh more big block um non-muscle cars than small blocks it's kind of funny i'm like wow that's a low mileage polara or i saw a chrysler new yorker four-door that i was like that is pretty cool <laughs> i don't know it's um I, I like the idea of a sleeper that's something that i'm still interested in well those were the cars you know that Peter, get the uh, regular size boat of the land yacht, you know. Uh, and mm. I've I've looked at a few of them. I looked at an old Dodge Polara when I was 16 because uh, why wouldn't I, you know? And it was really comfy and it was huge, but it was a <laughs> riot to drive, you know. And it was just this older guy who's like, yeah, I, I don't drive that much. I have like 80-something thousand miles and it was a one way it would light that tire up with that 383 for like 10 cent box man <laughs> yeah and the thing oh, so ahead for it. i was gonna say the thing that i really like about them is that not only are they still somewhat plentiful they're still reasonably priced and the thing about it a lot of people including myself would say well it's got to be hard to find parts for them you know what i mean but what i realize is that it may be hard, like there may not be an, a lot of aftermarket support, but there has to be, like if you got a Polara or whatever, there's going to be another low mileage one down the line where if you needed parts, you know, you may have to sacrifice one. Or, you know, I've seen some really nice cars where they advertise it, uh, they advertise them as parts cars because the drivetrain's still good. So like, hey, one side of this thing's wrecked, <laughs> but the engine and the transmission good and the doors on this side are good. So it's like with those types of cars, uh, I would never steer somebody away from them. I would just say, hey, just know that there's not a big aftermarket support for them, but you have to be really resourceful, you know, when it comes down to finding parts and stuff like that. But, you know, you you ask around enough places and somebody knows where one of those parts cars is or a place like Wildcat Auto Wrecking who has all those types of cars. You know what I mean? Well, I think it's worth bringing up, you know, as far as you know, the big three go, you know, GM, uh, Ford, and Chrysler. Chrysler was always the smallest of the big three. Like, uh, the point of reference they use is at the height of the popularity of 69 they made 9,000 cars and 
that's not a small number, but the Mustang in its first year sold 400,000, and they still were struggling to get out the door. So it's like, uh, again, you just, the ones that everybody wants, you just don't see as many of them because, well, they wreck so many of them, you know? Yeah. Um, is that uh, is that a direction that you're thinking about going, Sean? Are you trying to get back into yeah. the old school stuff? Yeah, oh, all, all the time. Yeah, you know, I'm always always looking. Just don't have enough space. No, I get it, man. Trust me, I get it. <laughs> uh, that's a uh, that's the nice thing about having a modern muscle car. Uh, I'm sure I've mentioned it before, but it's like you got something that you can drive and that's reliable with a warranty, and you can still have a blast at the track, and then you can have a project. You know, if you've got the room and space. Um, I don't know. I just. There's just so many options still. I think a lot of people are just still hung up. And don't get me wrong. I'd love to have a Charger or a Cuda or a Challenger or something. But it's like, gosh, you know, it. as far as cost effectiveness, yeah. I, li- I like your style, Sean. I'm going to go get a red eye. <laughs> you know what I mean? And have that warranty. And I'm going to go find something fun to t- uh, tinker around with. You know what I mean? I like yeah. that. Yeah, it's a, it's a blast. That's, that's <laughs> I have a, um, you're talking about a Hemi swap. I have a first gen durango rt it's a 2000 cool five nine and that was it's always in the back of my mind to do because i know the gentleman um i forget i forget the name of um it was one of the guys that you had on before about doing the hemi i think it's called hemi swap or swap hemi oh. swap the world diy hemi blake yeah. anderman he's actually in the chat right now what's up blake <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the man yeah i love i love the look of that first gen durango like i know carol shelby had his hands in one yes yes and, um and i always thought god put it put a hellcat engine out or six four even yeah. five seven they're cool man when those durango rts came out the all-wheel drive 360 yeah. my buddy's dad bought one brand new the thing was badass yeah i remember seeing it I was like whoa it's leather and like suede on the yeah. interior it was super yeah. nice for you know the year i was like gosh yeah. this is crazy and it sounded so good yep. <laughs> you know what i mean it's like damn that those three sixties, man, I I love those engines. I can pull stumps with them. It, it, <laughs> it gets eight miles to the gallon. That's my yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's got now it's got two hundred thirty five thousand miles on it, so it's like, oh. yeah. But it doesn't give me any trouble, so I'm like, I'm saving it. Crazy, still the original transmission. And everything, yeah, everything hasn't been rebuilt. Yep. Wow. No. You you take yeah. good care of your vehicles. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, although I can't, some you know, living in I live in the Northeast, so you know it's got it's got rust. Oh sure, That's, yeah. What do you do for, a, say, your uh, red eye? Aside from, I'm assuming it's in a garage. What no. else do you? Oh, it's not. No. So what do you? So what do you guys do in the Northeast? Because that's always been like a big thing with me. I'm like, gosh, what do they do to prevent the rust? Aside from keeping it clean and washing underneath the thing. That's that's what I do, and that's yeah. what I, I that's what I've had to do, or that's what I've learned to do because obviously some of the cars i forgot to do it on and yeah sure have you ever um, seen have you seen those attachments that they have for pressure washers that are like they're long and they have the little nozzles you hook it up to your pressure washer and it's got wheels (laughs) i I got one of those i was like god this would be perfect for an area with a lot of salt so you can keep it clean underneath there gosh that's about all you can do huh yeah that that that's it and i don't drive it like after because you can tell when they coat the roads it's just this coating of like white across oh, it. I'm like, God. Okay, I'm not driving. Yeah. 
So yeah. now I, I gotta know: is that the under pressure washer uh, Chinese knockoff, like the, the soldering things you got, or does it actually work? <laughs> you know, I I saw a post the other day about those little soldering butt connectors, um, and everybody was raving about them. I'm like, I don't know which ones you were using, but the ones I were using were complete dog shit. I tried a mini torch. I tried a heat gun. I tried a lighter. I tried every heat source that I could, and I tried many different ways, and they still wouldn't work for me. I don't know if it was just the brand that I bought. Uh, I don't know if they were just laced with COVID or something because they came directly from China, <laughs> but uh, they were pieces of crap. Um, now, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the attachment I got for my pressure washer does not say made in China, but it also doesn't say made in the, Uni the United States. So we're going to go ahead and assume, <laughs> you know, I bought it off Facebook Marketplace, one of the sellers on there. And uh, they had an American name, but we all know how that goes. <laughs> like Bob with technical support. I'm like, Bob, are you in India? He goes, I am. I, say, okay. I like it when they're like, hello, this is Mark. And I'm like, this is not Mark, okay? <laughs> Don't <Yeah>. lie to me. <laughs> I'm gonna get I'm gonna get canceled for this podcast. They're gonna be like, oh, he was making fun of <laughs> not making fun, it was real life interaction with it him. is real life. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Irvin, this is funny. He says if Dodge makes an electric e-muscle vehicle and it has an app that makes it sound like a Hemi-powered Hemi one, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. That would be that would be pretty funny. Blake, yeah, what's up, I Blake? I, I think I'm all in on the new one. If, if the specs that Tim K put out are correct, I think that'll be my next one. I'm not trading the red eye, but... See? And I don't mind that at all. Now... It would be it would be strange if you were like I'm getting rid of the red oh, eye, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, no. you have to understand. I mean, you just bought a 10 second car from the showroom floor. Dodge is not going to release an electric car that wouldn't blow its doors off because it's trying to beat out Tesla because that's the thing that Tesla's always had. Oh, Dodge, that's cute. <laughs> you got a nine you got a nine second car. That's cute, Dodge. Because they're so friggin' fast. Everyone that I've talked to that's driven one of those Teslas says it's completely. It's a whole nother world, a whole another level of speed. <laughs> I I saw one run not this past Friday, Friday before. It was just it's amazing. It just no sound, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest problem. As car guys, we love the sound. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I, I can't I can't live with just a nice stereo. I have to have the sound of an engine. But if my car back home in the garage had an engine with a nice sound, then I wouldn't mind tearing up the streets in a thousand horsepower all-wheel drive Dodge E-Muscle car. I don't have a problem with that at all. I actually got to drive that. So my cousin has a test Model S with a ludicrous mode option. And 2.9 seconds, 0 to 60, I mean, you just, you have no noise, but you're getting thrown back in your seat and you're yeah. before you can blink a few times. It was amazing. And Elon did all these weird things to make it like easier on you as your car's charging. It was uh, in the car, you know, you have nothing to grab onto. That was strange, but it has this big like TV screen in front of you. So when you're waiting in traffic or charging your car, you have Mario Kart on this. Thing. <laughs> and your car's not doing anything, but you don't use a remote or anything. You use the pedal of the steering wheel in your car to play the game. 
and it gives you like resistance in the wheel. You feel the car shake. It is strange. That scares the living hell out of me. Like, hey, we don't need to play video games in the cars. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. That scares the hell out of me. I, it's bad enough. Like, I drive a garbage truck for a living. So I see from above what people do in their cars when they're driving down the street. And it's unbelievable. Like, I, I've seen people full on driving with their knees and, like, just waiting until they hear the of the lane. And the, then, then they pay attention for a second, straighten out, and go right back to what they were doing. I've seen... You know, I live outside of Seattle. One time I was a kid and uh, my dad and I were driving on the freeway and I look over and there's this maniac with drumsticks just <laughs> beating his dash and the steering wheel. And I'm like, he's driving with his legs. I was like, dad, look at this. And my dad, you know, he said, oh, an idiot. <laughs> something. But I was just like, wow, only in Seattle. I've never seen it anywhere else in the country because I've been all over the country driving trucks. Um I've seen I've seen some funny things, but uh, the guy with the drums is the, <laughs> playing the invisible drums with two drumsticks. I was just like, "What the hell are we doing here?" So, yeah. And then the women with makeup and stuff—that's always fun when they got their nose right up in the rearview mirror. And I'm like, "How in the hell you are about to?" <laughs> I don't know. It's insane. People are crazy. People are nuts. I see Bud Mac um, talked about that. Uh, Dakota RT Hellcat swap. I, I followed that channel from when he first did that. It's Boosted Motorsports. It's an amazing build. If you ever want to watch that, yeah, yeah. So, so thanks to Bud for mentioning that. It's a. It was at Carlisle too. You said Boosted Motorsports. Boosted Motorsports on YouTube. Yeah, I have to write that down. I always take notes during this show because I always forget stuff. Yeah, he does. He, he's got a bunch of Mopars in his, um, I guess, in his garage. Uh, he's got a Ram, a Viper, and then this Dakota, this Hellcat swap Dakota. But it's, it's really an amazing little truck. It's like, <laughs> I love the Dakota RTs too. God, those, Me too. Me those too. early two thousand RT trucks and suvs are some of my favorites <laughs> you know too. god they made great sport trucks i yeah. would love to find a little i i worked with a guy when i was detailing cars that had um it had to have been like an it was one of the first ones it was black with the red graphics but it was a little single cab guy he had a little flow master on it or something it sounded just badass and i was oh, like no, god sorry. i want that truck <laughs> gosh yeah. That's, that was one of the ones i was looking for too but you, you just can't find them no can't it's, find cheap. No, I think the cheapest ones I've found are like in the $4,000 range, but they have the extended cab. I personally yep. would go for the standard cab. Me too. Um, yeah. I think Harold Shelby did the RTs in the late 80s, didn't he? The 18 Dakotas. He did the Shelby um, Dakotas in the late 80s, yeah, which which had the little 318s. Yep. Yeah. That accelerating pickup in the world back then, you know, and they got that out of a little 318 in the Dakota. That was cool, man. It's funny because everybody in the 80s and 90s, everybody was uh, V8 swapping the S10s, you know, putting little 350 small blocks in them. <laughs> Meanwhile, Dodge is over there like, hey, we've had a 318 in our, our Dakotas for a while. Hey, <laughs> you know, um, gosh, it's, it's just funny what Chrysler has done throughout the years when they've like, you know, they at least, you know, pun intended, they put in a valiant effort, you know what I mean? Even during the 80s, the front wheel drive turbo cars, it's like they were trying, 
they were really trying. They said, okay, we have to be good on this gas stuff, front wheel drive. What can we do to make it faster? And that 2.2 engine, I got to dive deep into that because the more I read about it, the more um, I realize that it's an engineering masterpiece as far as that time period and, you know, how reliable those cars were as far as once you got into the, you know, you put a good head gasket and stuff on them. They were, they were really good cars. Um, I can't wait to start. I have a few of them. I just need to start digging into them, but they're on the back burner. (laughs) Let's see what Irvin says. He says, Hey Chris, short update on me and my charger today. I finally had my first day of training at AutoZone. It literally took a month and a week for me to get cleared. Apparently as for my 5.7 change, the head gaskets and the crank cam sensor, everything was good. Then shortly after rod knock, yup, spun another bearing. <laughs> I'm this close to calling it quits and getting a challenger. Hey dude, do it. <laughs> I'll be your bad influence. Do it. I don't know. After, after Sean shared that video, I'm like, what can I sell around here? Aside from Mr. Norm that, <laughs> and my van, like I'm about to have a yard sale. <laughs> I, I tell you what, there was a post a while back of a guy who put a, a carbureted three in an 06 charger. So you could just do that. <laughs> I, I've thought about it many times and I, I think that the, the best thing for me to do, cause I, I really want a modern Mopar, but I'm just not in a position financially right now, especially when my wife and I are trying to get out of this house and get into a place with a shop. So I have some actual room. So my, my compromise is going, okay, well, I'm just going to have as much fun with the Mr. Norm truck as I can throw a Hemi in it and just uh, see where it goes. You know, I can throw some tips at you if you were looking, you know, about the, um, um, there's a Jeep conservation club. If you belong to, you can get, uh, new Dodges at called the preferred pricing. So really? yeah it's uh comes out to be one percent under the factory invoice and they have to show you the invoice when you go to the dealership and then you also get the rebates on top of that if there are any so like when i bought i'll tell you when i bought this car they were doing the power dollars so that was eight thousand dollars off as a rebate um and i had the um the jeep conservation club that i belong to so right off the bat i think we we started at so the sticker was 82 the invoice was 76 um and then one percent below is 75 then eight thousand dollars off of that and then my they i went to the same dealer that i had that i bought my Hellcat from, so they gave me, you know, ungodly amount. They gave me almost $60,000 for my 16 Hellcat. Oh my so, God. So I had to just finance what was left on, on part of it. And it's like, like I have a, it's my, my payments around 500 a month on this for, Oh my God. So I'm so jealous was, right now. <laughs> it was just all, it was just all luck because that power dollar bonus, I don't think is going to come back again. I don't know. You yeah, know, that was the ten dollars per horsepower on that. I saw that advertised, price. and I yeah. was like, I was looking, and at the time, I had a pocket full of cash, and I was trying to get a scat pack, but uh, it was like right during the tread. The, tread. I'm sorry, Chris. Treadlightly.org is the name of that Jeep conservation, and when you sign up, it's hundred dollar donation, but it puts you in the Chrysler uh, or the FCA employee advantage or the FCA friends and family advantage program interesting yeah i gotta 
Man, there's oh gosh. Work run scat packs on all on all the cars. Yeah, because they were offering crazy Chrysler financing at the time. Um, the problem was the chip shortage was really starting to affect the market. Yep. And like sixty grand for your 2016 Hellcat. That's how right. many miles? How many miles were on it? Uh, I 16, 16 or seventeen thousand. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, but but they had all the records. They had done all the oil changes, the diff changes, uh, and stuff. So they knew the car. Yeah. And they all, and every time I brought it in, they would say, "Well, when when they get ready to get rid of it." <laughs> and then when they yeah. named the number, I said, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's insane. <laughs> um. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, it's it is the duct tape drags. I was wrong. So it's not the zip ties. It's the duct tape drags. I've heard, I've only heard the uh, the name of them five hundred times, and I still can't remember. <laughs> Blake, what's up, buddy? Um, but <laughs> always wanted an early Durango RT. I had a '99 Dakota RT, and would love to have another. Yeah, they're oh, they're, yeah. they're awesome, dude. Um, I gotta I gotta look for the. I've heard that somebody put a modern Hemi in a Dakota RT. I didn't realize it was a Hellcat. That's pretty cool. I'll yeah, check that out. Build is well done too. I mean, he really. really? Yeah, that's good. Pretty, pretty detailed guy. Is it one of those? Is it one of those builds where you pop the hood and you're like, okay, that could have been factory. You could have, you know, it looks like it was meant to be there. I took the interior out of a charger and put it into the uh, (laughs) RT. It looks, it looks good. Really? Obviously, there's always little parts, but um, the way you'll have to look at the video and then maybe comment on it interesting yeah you know here's some fun news i don't know how how well known this is but i recently talked to a company who i'm trying to get on the show um who is working right now on research and development for a rear wheel drive conversion kit for the 80s front wheel drive mopars like a daytona and uh, Uh, they're working on the hemi swap because a guy who had a hemi swap daytona i reached out to him and i said hey man um I can't find a direct connection conversion kit anywhere, you know, and I'm sure if I did, it would be ridiculously expensive. What did it take for you to do the swap? And he basically said, I basically sold my plans to this company and now they're working on it. And it had had been months since I had even thought about it. And I reached out to that company. I said, Hey, uh, I've got a couple Daytonas laying around and the thought had crossed my mind because I do have an extra Hemi. I was like, uh, God, it sure would be fun to, and you know, my dad and I kick around this idea all the time is just take one of the ones that um, is just sitting and it'll probably be sitting for a while and just experiment with it and throw a Hemi in it. And I reached out to the company and I wasn't expecting, cause I said, I don't know how much of this I'm actually supposed to know. So I won't, I, I'll try to, you know, not give away my source, but I heard through the grapevine that you guys may be working on this and they're like, Oh yeah, we're working on it. It's going to be affordable. And I'm like, well, define affordable, <laughs> but it's a, it's a company that I've, I've been looking at parts for, for a lot of my cars and stuff. So I, I hope to get them on the show. Cause it's going to be a really fun conversation. But when they told me that they were working on something like that, I was, I was excited because that's going to change the game for everybody with uh little Daytonas that have blown four cylinders. And, you know, because parts for those are getting so hard to find, it's like, well, there's going to be a lot of Hemis, <laughs> you know, hitting those wrecking yards. So, is anything affordable when it comes to mobile, though? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's relative. It's definitely relative. It's like you got to pay to play. So, oh, if you can afford a Mopar, then you can definitely afford this six thousand dollar conversion kit that we have. <laughs> Blake says that the guy with the uh, Hellcat swap Dakota 
had a hidden camera in the engine bay at Carlisle. That must have been fun. <laughs> he says he had to watch the video to make sure he didn't say anything out of character. If I was there and you, this is what you would have gotten me on video. I would have been like, "Holy, I would, I, damn, it's a Hellcat!" <laughs> That's why I can never be on TV. They wouldn't let me. <laughs> the truck was really well done, though. That's good to hear. Yeah, definitely to catch people's reaction. I bet. Uh, but had the club cab. I do like that. That purple color is pretty cool. I'm a, I'm a, uh, I like the black ones. Um, for the Durangos though, that Carol Shelby Durango man. Woo! There was one. I don't know if it was built by Carol Shelby, but recently, within the past couple of years, there was a like a burgundy with white stripes Durango that looked like it had the Shelby kit on it. And uh, there was a picture of it with the hood popped and it had a Kenny Bell supercharger on it. And it was just completely oxidized and just, it looked ratty as shit for 700 bucks. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I got to just buy that thing just to have yeah. it. Cause I'm an asshole. <laughs> I, was, I called him up. He's like, Oh yeah, it's been gone for weeks. And I was like, well then take it offline. So <laughs> you don't get my hopes up for nothing, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's real big me too is the fact that oh man i i found this really good deal like yeah i need those parts for my ram charger whatever it's like oh sorry i sold that last week it's like well you could have done something about it, you know <laughs> <laughs> i uh there's on offer up i like to surf offer up it's been my hidden treasure trove some of the best deals i've gotten on little parts and stuff have been from offer up and this yeah. guy had a set of buddy um, bucket seats out of like a little red express or a warlock and i wanted them for the mr norm truck and uh he wanted 700 dollars for him and i've sent him probably like 10 or 20 messages like hey man i'm serious got the cash and uh no response so i gave up <laughs> but you know craigslist has actually become a somewhat decent resource because pe the people posting their tank after they started to charge you five bucks a pop for bunch of vehicles but you find the guys who are really serious about sending vehicles, you'll find a lot of decent stuff there because prices are usually okay because nobody takes a look there and you're like, oh, cool, there's this deal that nobody else is getting at. Yeah, uh, the thing with Craigslist is I got really pissed when they started charging to um, sell your car on there. That really pissed me off because it really affected what I do because a lot of people stopped posting their stuff. So when I sold my Dart, I uh, I obviously put it in the parts section because it's like I was selling it with a bunch of parts too. So it was like parts car, you know, and they, they didn't flag me or anything. So that's how I got away with that. <laughs> I'd probably get rid of my Facebook and have Marketplace for free. <laughs> yeah. The only, I got to be honest, as as much as I have a love-hate relationship with Facebook because now they have... They have me. They have me fully monetized now. Now I wanted to start building a YouTube channel, but now the amount of money I'm seeing from Facebook is making it really hard to leave. Like they would have to kick me off the platform now for me to leave. So now I'm stuck in uh, between a rock and a hard place. Like I, you know, for all the BS and drama, you know, if I say the wrong thing, they could pull the plug on me and I'd lose everything. So I, I'm steadily building the content and downloading it all so that I have it so that if something does happen, I can take it elsewhere. But I'm going to start um, building the YouTube channel too, because I wanted to do one platform at a time. And so far I've got Facebook down and the videos are taking off that Shelby video. 
I mean, over half a million people, at least on Creator Studio, which is where Facebook has all their stuff for uh, someone like me who's a content creator. You can look at all the analytics and that that video sent um, my page into the stratosphere for reach. I think this month I hit uh, like 2.7 million people saw all my stuff. So I was just like, oh my God. And this is great for me to shop to potential sponsors in the future if I wanted to say, okay, you know, here, here are the numbers because a lot of people in the sponsor world, and this is where I'll end because this is really boring for people. <laughs> um, they're like, how many downloads do you get? And I'm like, well, I mean, thousands, but you know, it's a lot more than just downloads, you know, cause they, it's not like TV and radio and they keep trying to put it in that box. And it's like, no, it's not like that at all. Um, I, I hear from people that, uh, you know, like Blake with DIY Hemi, for example, I get some messages where people are like, Hey, thanks for, you know, talking to Blake and getting um, his information out there because they use it as a resource, you know? So, and then the guys in Australia, lots of people from Australia and um, other parts of the world that thank me for <laughs> doing the podcast because they've heard of all these companies that they wouldn't have heard of um, if it wasn't for the podcast. So I try to use that kind of pull with, um, some sponsors because I don't really want to promote anything I don't believe in. Um, I've had a couple in my back pocket that I have affiliate relationships with where I could advertise their stuff, link it up. And if somebody bought something, I get a little kickback, but, um, I want to buy their products first, test them because I'm not trying to promote anything that I don't believe in. Like I had a, I had a deal with escort radar detectors and they're like, what products do you want us to send you? So I picked all the best stuff. <laughs> like I was like, send me everything because I don't believe in radar detectors. So I was like, send me everything you got and I'll put them to the test. And they said, oh, well, we're out of stock on all that stuff. And I was like, well, well, then what, what am I selling? <laughs> I was like, what are we doing here, guys? So I dropped them um, just because it wasn't going to work out because it's like, oh, I'm going to tell people to buy the stuff that you guys don't even have in stock. You know what I mean? But there's a there's a there's a company that makes car covers that I'm talking with right now. And I have an affiliate. um affiliate relationship with them, but I don't have one of their covers yet. And I can't, in, in good conscience, I can't sell anything to my people without testing it myself first. So I've, I've got some in the works and they got a lot of different ones. I, I need a cover for my van and my truck. So we'll see, we'll see what they send me. Well, I remember when I uh, first heard about you and how, how grateful I was to have some guy that actually talked about all this stuff I loved and the resources <laughs> that you told me about. And it was by accident. I was looking up on Spotify, like, oh, okay, let's see what comes up for Mopar. And if you're ever looking for a great Mopar song, look up Motor, motor Billy. They have a fantastic song called Mopar Car. And Yes, uh, I know I know that song. Uh, yeah, I love that yeah. song. Yeah. And I was looking it up. I'm like, okay, there's this, there's this. And that's a talking Mopar. That sounds interesting, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and that was uh, August of 2020. And the first episode started off real interesting it was about a guy who uh, crushed the charger 500 and that was uh oh that was a hard video to watch and you roasted yeah. the guy and, and i'm like ah, this guy is cool he talked about all the stuff i want to hear about so i just binged all the way up to like episode 69 and that was like two three straight weeks of just nothing but talking about 
work 10 hour days <laughs> that's awesome man yeah that uh i let my wife heard the first episode and she was so critical of everything i said she's like i can't believe you called that guy a douchebag 17 times or whatever and i was like hey i speak my mind i speak my mind she's like you know that's on your first episode so if like a potential sponsor like, listens to it they're gonna hear me talking shit about kevin hart and what an idiot he is for suing that company they're gonna hear me calling that guy a douchebag but it all it all it is all rooted in my enthusiasm for mopars you know what i mean so it is what it is i i put myself out there and lately since i've been doing these videos man i'm i usually have a pretty thick skin but uh and i try i i just I literally have no time to go through all these comments and stuff, but every once in a while, one will slip through and I'll see what these people are saying. Like, Oh, you should be shot for if you're on my lawn, you'd be, I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, some of these guys are just, you know, they're going pretty hard in the paint on me. And I'm like, man, if you guys talk to me, you, and the funny thing is, is like, you can comment on any of my posts, this podcast right now, if they showed up here to talk shit to me, you think I would not let him on? I, of course I'd let him on. I'd be like, all right, game on. Let's do this. <laughs> but uh, this is the internet and nobody does that. So yeah, it's unfortunate because I think that would be great. It would be a great show. Yeah, tell me how much you hate me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm really thankful that I actually get the chance to talk to you uh, personally because when podcasts get so big, you know, our, it's it's almost impossible to talk to the creators. Like there was a time when Joe Rogan was doing a podcast on his couch, and he'd yeah. talk to anybody. <laughs> the man is so gigantic in the podcast yeah. industry. How's a guy like me gonna sure. talk to him unless I go straight to the studio? So I'm very thankful I get to talk to you just face <laughs> like this in a sense. You know. You know, I've I've thought about it and I've daydreamed a couple times, thinking that you know what happens. What happens if I get an opportunity to take this thing to the next level? You know what I mean? And the thing, and it's why I always say it at the beginning of every show, I call it an, a Mopar enthusiast driven podcast, because if it wasn't for enthusiasts like us, there would be no point in having this podcast. Cause I've said it before. I'd be talking to myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, this show, I will always have a channel like this where people can get access to it. Now there may come a time and you know, it would be a good problem to have where I can only have a certain amount of people on here. So it might get so backed up that I can't even have everybody on that wants to come on. So it's like, it would be a situation where I, I post ahead of time. Hey, you want to be in the stream? You better be there at nine o'clock on the dot to get in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause it's the first 10 people first come for serve, you know, unless I have something pre-planned, but I love conversations like this because it gives me a chance to talk to other Mopar enthusiasts all over the country, all over the world that I wouldn't normally get a chance to talk to. So I, I gotta be honest. I would love to see one of these times if it gets big enough. Twenty screens all along the stream, <laughs> and, and see if it gets a word in edgewise. You know. I'm gonna get ready to go, but I wanted to say that was the whole reason. When as soon as I was scanning the podcast for my, you know, long rides and all, and I saw talking Mopars, I'm like, oh my God! I, you know, I felt the, the heavens go. Oh, no. <laughs> Yes, Man. somebody. <laughs> wow. Because there's nothing. Yeah, there was nothing. There's nothing out there. You know, there's a couple of the V8 ones, and but it wasn't. It wasn't this. And I was like, oh god, this is great. So I yeah. did exactly. I did exactly. And thank you both for saying what you said. That that really. Uh, that really motivates me. But uh, 
I was just like you guys, dude. I was looking. I was like, there's got to be something. I found Uncle Tony's podcast. And I've told the story before where I had already bought the domain. I already bought TalkingMopars.com. I, I had this plan. And then uh, I found Uncle Tony on a podcast. And I was like, oh, shit. If there was a guy that I probably wouldn't want to go because he was really steamrolling everything right then. And uh, I was listening to it. And I was like, well, let's see what it's all about. And sure as shit, he was talking nothing but Mopars. And I was like, well, there goes that idea because there's no I mean, I'll probably I'll probably have a small following of people that are like, oh, we'll just wait for the next Uncle Tony episode. <laughs> we'll listen to this guy. <laughs> but uh, then he says on his podcast, keep in mind, I already bought the talking Mopars. He goes, I'm going to start a podcast with David Ray called Talking Mopar. And I was like, son of a bitch. I was like, mother. And then all of a sudden the podcast stopped. And I was like, what is happening here? And I reached out to Tony. Just uh, I, I swung for the fence and I said, hey, man, uh, I'm wondering if you're ever going to get to the point where you do that podcast with Dave. Because if not, I'm wondering if you would let me, you know, give me your blessing and I'll take the name and I'll build a podcast off of it. Cause that was my plan until I realized that you had that plan already. Um, Cause then I was like, well, if I got talking maybe he wants to buy it from me. You know, I know, I know that uh, uncle Tony was making some money. So, but uh, yeah, that's how uh, he gave me his blessing. And it's been this ever since. And I, I've been at car shows at the, not the last car show I went to, but a couple before that I'm doing videos on the modern Mopars and stuff. And I walk past this challenger and the guy's like, the guy just sitting in his car. He goes, am I going to be on the podcast? And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> I was like, that, that was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Stuff like that. Just, it makes me happy. I love hearing that people found the podcast, not even through my Facebook page or anything like that. Nope. They were just looking. That's awesome. Yeah, it's the same. It's like one of the searches I do, you know, like <laughs> Apple Books. I type in Mopars or yeah. Emmy, and I can't get anything. So it's like there's there's definitely definitely a market out there. But I'm going to say goodnight, all right? And oh, I appreciate all right, Sean. talking to you guys. It was great. All right? Have a definitely, night. buddy. I'll see you next time, and, and uh, I'll leave a couple comments on your Facebook all right brother hey thanks for joining us you, Sean. yeah all right great talking to you yep. too, we'll bro. see you next time all right take care all right brother bye Bye-bye. and then there were two yeah yeah i i just get so excited to talk about this kind of thing and i hope i, I haven't been o- talking over you guys it's just it's so exciting to talk to other fellow mopar enthusiasts because I'm like one of the only people in the area. Like I'm surrounded by Ford and Chevy people. <laughs> I've, I've had to cultivate uh, friendships um, through the internet because all of my really close personal friends, none of them are a Mopar enthusiast like I am. So once the internet came around and I realized, you know, I could potentially meet some people that like Mopars as much as I do, game on. And I've met a lot of cool people all over the country, locally and all over the country, that are just awesome people. And I'm I'm glad to call them friends now. So well, I was really excited to find out uh, you were based on the in, in the bordering state to me because I live in Oregon. Yeah. And I was just thinking, man, uh, I wish you lived closer because we probably would have been friends a long time ago. <laughs> you know, if I just saw you cruising around and. Uh, something old like that, like one of your fingers <laughs> or your dart you had way back when. I'm like, ah, he's only like three or four hours. Away. That's not much of a drive. I, uh, you know, I really wanted to make it to the uh, Woodburn drag strip for the Mopar Nationals this year, but it just wasn't in the cards. Have you ever been to that one? 
I have. I wanted to go this year, but my phone forgot to remind me because I had so much uh. other stuff going on. And I'm heading to Alaska on Sunday, and it's like oh, all these events I'm gonna miss. But the Mopar drags it. It's a party, man. The people. It is. Uh, in this part of Oregon, a lot of these Mopar guys, none of them are stuck up. They're all excited to talk to you. You talk to them in the pits. You talk to them right before they go and do their burnout. They're like, ah, let me show you what's in my car. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. this guy has a uh, a Pro Dakota with a 540 wedge in it. And Jesus. this thing pulled like nine and a half second quarters. And it was an extended cab, uh, you know, short bed. But the tires in this thing were massive. The sound coming out of it was beautiful and the guy's like you know a lot of my friends they ran out of money and started drag racing chevys because it was cheaper and he was telling me <laughs> i hope it never gets to that point where i'm so cheap or broke that i have to start racing chevys to go have a good time <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah um and what did the portland swap meet happen this year or is it not happening this year or what uh i am I I don't go to Portland much because it's kind of a hellhole. Yeah. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> hey, hey, man, you live in Auburn, you said, somewhere around there? I live in Marysville, so about, uh, we'll call it an hour north of Seattle. Oh, you're too close. I am. I am. <laughs> we definitely get the runoff up here, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, uh, the problem is with, uh, with Portland, uh, kind of just brush over it you know uh, the riots and the management and the homelessness <laughs> and everything and, and COVID. Uh, sorry unspecified virus of unknown origin <laughs> uh. oh it it was bad in portland like I, had, I, I i grow my hair long and i listen to heavy metal music and all the shows <laughs> i wanted to go to they got canceled like portland. yeah it just it, everything was canceled in Portland. It was a real shame, you know. Definitely, hundred um, percent. I hope uh, you know. I everybody that I talk to locally, when they find out I'm a swap meet guy and I enjoy going to swap meets, they always tell me you got to go to Portland. You got to go to Portland. So it's on my bucket list to go check it out because I've seen pictures and it looks like it's pretty intense. It looks like there's a lot of stuff. Well, I'm a I'm a I'm a country kid, you know. And if I can avoid going to Portland, I will, because the drive is, the traffic is just not worth it, you know? And <laughs> if you can be patient for a whole year, the Woodburn dress, I mean, there is so much there. Like, for that little area they cram it into, some yeah. guy literally brings, like, full hands of tin girls in. There's a bunch of guys selling stroke parts. You got the money, you go there, because you'll find great deals on parts and Again, if you have the patience to wait a year to go to the Woodburn Drags, you'll find so much good stuff there. I, I definitely do, and I was disappointed when I found out that it was the same day as another um, show that I had already uh, had an obligation for. But uh, it, it, the first time I went, it was it blew me away. It was the first time that my wife had ever been to a drag strip, and uh, we had a great time. And I was in the swap meet looking around, and somebody had – the um the oval air cleaner uh assembly the entire thing and i had the cool coyote duster air cleaner lid and i saw i hesitated i shouldn't have hesitated i should have just pulled out the cash then i've I've lost deals because of that 
because I'm a cheap ass. And I'm like, oh, let me think about it. I'll be back. Somebody else buys it. You know what I mean? So lesson learned. <laughs> exactly. That's how I am with this uh, cornet. I was kind of looking at And my friend's like, hey, I might be moving to Tennessee in a few years. You want this cornet? I'm like, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> and he said, uh, I'm not putting it for sale because I said I have to work within my means. You know, I can't just go and buy another project because I have. One, two. Let's see. Let's go in order. I have my my Ram V10. I have my Ram truck. I have my two hundred. I have my two three wheelers. I have a Pontiac. I have an Isuzu. I'm about to add a seventh one. You know, and it's like, man, I gotta tell myself once I have my Mopar car, I can stop because for the longest time I wanted a car to be able to fix up. You know sure. what I mean? Absolutely, man. Um. Mopar projects are just you gotta have if you're a Mopar enthusiast you have to have a project of some kind that's it's it's like a, oh, yeah. a prerequisite or something I don't know <laughs> it's crazy well, I, I go in order of the, the car the muscle cars my dream muscle cars that I'm most likely to have a Plymouth Superbird let's say top three that's my top one but yeah, when am I ever going to be able to get that yeah when am I ever going to be able to get that uh, yeah. then it goes Dodge Super B because 70 Dodge Super B, because that okay. front end row, you love it or hate it, and I yeah. absolutely love it. <laughs> and then it gets to 66 or 67 Coronet. Now, I see a lot of guys build the 67s, but not a lot of 66s, and I think it's because the 67s have a thin row headlight grill, don't they? Yes. Uh, I'm gonna... That's what it is. Yeah, I'll have to to do some research on that one i'm also i'm getting tired and i i don't i am sweating in this room right now it's so hot <laughs> i've been uh i've been looking at the chat seeing uh, and i've been looking at the numbers for the viewers it looks like we're dying down so it must be getting late yeah it's past 10 o'clock um we'll probably shut her down here in a minute let's let's run through this chat really quick and see what we got let's see here um <laughs> Irvin says uh, that he'd pay to see that. He's probably talking about me having uh, people on the show to talk shit to me. <laughs> Being able to have a legitimate debate and not giving that person the opportunity to just ignore you and not bother reading your comment and continuing their live debate will definitely put people in their place. That's if they deserve it. Yeah, but haters should make their point and not speak out of their ass. <laughs> this is my opinion, by the way. No, I agree 100%. I, I have no problems talking to people that disagree with what I'm doing. Um, I get it. It's probably, you know, if I had an argument with a guy and I should have just left it alone, but I was, you know, he mentioned if, you know, he gave me some advice, I got a tip for you, you know, don't do that. Cause you're going to get shot. Or if I saw somebody do that, I'd run out of my house swinging a baseball bat. And I was like, okay, dude, whatever. But I was, I was thinking to myself, what would I do if I heard some noise outside or something? I heard somebody talking, I looked out there and there was a guy with a camera filming the Mr. Norm truck. I thought to myself, what would I do? And it was easy. I'd go out there and be like, if you think it looks cool, let me fire this baby up and get a real video. You know what I mean? But that's how I am. Some people are recluse and they don't want, you know, somebody snooping on their stuff. And I get that. If somebody came out while I was videotaping their stuff, you know, obviously I'm not going to trespass. <laughs> if somebody came out and screamed at me or something, I'd be like, hey. You know, and I try to I try to talk to them a little bit first, um, but I would totally understand if they're like, "Get the f out of here!" I'd be like, oh, "You had a problem? <laughs> see you later. You'll never see me again." 
Meanwhile, yeah. I go to the store and I buy a drone and I'm flying the drone over their property. Like... <laughs> <laughs> You're technically not on their property. Technically. Just flying above. <laughs> well, that's exactly how I'm like. I have an 85 250R uh, ATC and 80s legend. And if somebody just saw it sitting out in my driveway and they're going to see it, I'll be like, you want me to do some wheelies up and down the street? I will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's the thing is that I know of a lot of Mopars around here. Uh, of course, of course, there's not so many that I can sustain just going and you know videotape. I'll, I'll probably have maybe twenty of them, and then I'll have to go out and really get get on the grind and find some of these. And I actually, I won't say the resource just because I don't want people to know the secret. But there's a, there's a little resource of a guy who's taken a lot of. It'll be really easy to find out who it is. A guy takes a lot of pictures of cars sitting on the street locally and the thing i've been able to do with a couple of them is look at the picture and go i think i might know where that is and or there's like a little partial street sign and then maybe a house number and since my job i have to read addresses so if i get a house number and a partial street name or street number it's over i'll find the house <laughs> there's you know there's only so many cross streets in certain cities so there's definitely more cars for me to go find absolutely you know that's how i found a lot of my deals either they come to me or i pestered the hell out of somebody hey you got this hey you want to sell it and <laughs> yeah. once or twice i've been cursed but most of the time they're like okay here's my <laughs> selling price and i'm like okay uh, let me go get the cash and <laughs> you know that's how, <laughs> that's how you got to do it you know when uh, you're working with the budget it's like okay something will come to me or I'll have to pester somebody to get this, you know. <laughs> I actually, this is this is going to sound really shitty of me, but I'm going to admit it right here. I was thinking to myself, what could get me in the door for some of these more sought-after Mopars that I know of that it would be, you know, it's not a situation where I could just go walk onto the property. You know what I mean? You'd have to, like, get your way in. And, uh, God, I'm going to sound like a POS for doing this. I actually looked up prop money for, like, movies, I found stacks of like $10,000 bands of, of real looking cash. So I was like, what if I got those? <laughs> and I just, and, and like, I'm on the property. And I'm like, Hey, look at this fat wad of cash. They'd probably be a little bit curious. Now, of course, if they said, Oh, let me see that to make sure it's real. Nobody ever says that. When I was walking around with $20,000 cash in my pocket, looking for a car to buy. I was, I had cash on me every day at work. I'm not shitting you. I went to work with thousands of dollars in my pocket. When I walk every door I walked up to and I said, Hey, I'm serious here. And I pulled out a wad of cash. Nobody ever asked, Hey, let me see that to make sure it's real. You know what I mean? Yeah, They're just like, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. I got that car. <laughs> Unfortunately, it never worked out to my advantage. There was a couple where I was like, these are going to be low enough price where I should be able to buy these. No problem. And it never worked out. <laughs> I, I feel you there. Like, uh, the, the, uh, just the friends I've made uh, with this hobby and going out and about and trying to find things. It's, it's like you give somebody money and they tend to be nice to you. you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, the, you know. the big problem with me, and I understand what some of these guys are saying, like, oh, don't get shot. I'm a brown guy with a neck tattoo. Like, I need a, I need a big white guy to come with me or something so, so that it, <laughs> it evens out. It, it wouldn't, it's not as, you know, because I got, I got a nice smile. I'll go up there and be like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> but uh, well, 
that only gets me so far. I tell you what, if you want to add me on Facebook or Instagram or something, if you find yourself in the Willamette Valley, get a hold of me and we'll go to Wildcat. Yeah, definitely. Um, I had a buddy who wanted to go last weekend, and I was like, dude, I'm busy. I got the Good Guys Car Show, and it was a show that I had to go to. Um, and uh, I I thought he was going to go this weekend, but maybe he actually did go last week, and I just haven't heard about it. But um, I definitely I got to get down to Wildcat, at least before they sell, because there's a lot of video content. And I talked to them, and I wanted to do a podcast from the yard. So mm. we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, well, yeah, I, yeah, I've seen bits and pieces on on uh, it's selling, but I'm not too sure on the situation. You know, like, is it all the parts going to be privately or is it going to be somebody who's still going to sell? Like, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't remember what the price was, but it was in the I think it was in the millions. Yeah. And uh, I think it comes with everything for millions. I, man, Ooh. if I had if I could get a loan on that, <laughs> like. Aside from me personally not wanting to live in that part of Oregon, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm Texas bound, dude. I'm, I'm trying to get out of here. I, I don't believe that Oregon's my home, and I'll try and change it. But West Coast uh, uh, leadership is trash. Yeah, I can agree Man. with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you have that that one guy. We have Kate Brown, and <laughs> then there's that guy. Uh, Oh, New Cellini is what we call him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, what part of what part of Oregon are you in? Central. I live in Silverton, Oregon, uh, which is about an hour away from Portland, hour south of Portland. Okay, so you're still on the west side of the state, then. I am, and uh, you know, I'm in this perfect area where everything's not too far. Woodburn's like 20 minutes away. Um, Wildcat's okay. like an hour away, and. If I ever get an inkling and it doesn't work, I'll head over to Wildcat and pick apart a 66 Coronet for mine because <laughs> there's no – it's surprisingly good. The front is okay, but the floor's gone. The trunk pan's mostly there, but it's got holes in the quarters. But, you know, that's what to expect from Mopars. They never did rust prevention well. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not one of their strong suits, that's for sure. Uh, Paul, Paul knows of a CUDA out there somewhere. Um, I, I think you were telling me about that CUDA, Paul. Yeah, I'm definitely interested. I definitely need you to come with me. Paul's, Paul's a clean cut white guy, and we should be able to knock on a door and not get shot. <laughs> how, how has that been put? My buddy calls me the trailer park Yeti, and a guy called me the Alabama redneck Jesus. So you should be all right with me. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get you a shirt that says that <laughs> alabama redneck jesus yeah yeah that sounds like a great <laughs> album that sounds like a country music star or some shit or, or a, a band name if i ever start or a band alabama name Red yes yeah hell yeah that's a perfect band name i like it and uh you know what i think we're gonna i think we're gonna call it a night dude all right well it was wonderful talking to you finally chris yeah, absolutely, Trevor. It was a pleasure having you on. And the door's always open anytime I do a live. As long as there's a link up, uh, you're more than welcome to jump on anytime, buddy. Well, like I said, if you ever find yourself in this uh, in this part of the valley, try and get a hold of me. And you can, you can come take a look at my projects or we can go for a ride in the ramp. Hey, sounds good. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> you have a good all right, night, brother. Bro. You too, man. We'll catch you later, all right? And then there was one, and that is me.
folks, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you to Trevor and Sean for joining me on screen. Thanks to everybody in the chat. All my buddies joined us tonight. A couple were missing, but some of them, like my friend Big Block, is doing his own podcast right now, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts. It's a Mad Fro Monroe on Big Block's Garage podcast. Great podcast. I don't know where Johnny Mopar is. He's probably out buying another $100 charger or something crazy. And uh, I'm sure Blake is all tangled up in wires right now, and he's still able to join us. So it was a great time. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I completely forgot we were supposed to, we were supposed to look at a, a CUDA. We were looking at a Hemi CUDA for like 160 grand. I guess we'll have to save that for the next episode or something. And I was, there was a bunch of stuff I was supposed to do. I was supposed to listen to some listener messages and things like that, but we're just going to have to, we're an hour and 30 in folks. So we're going to go ahead and cut it here. Um, we'll see you next week. Uh, we'll try to aim for a Friday release. I've been, I've been bouncing between Mondays and Fridays, just looking at, you know, where the numbers are at, where I, where I want them to be. And it varies. Some Fridays are really hot, some are not. And then some Mondays are really hot and some are not. So I'm trying to figure out the perfect release day, but I kind of like having the, a little bit of leeway too, because sometimes, you know, especially with this stupid day job, you know, it really kills me sometimes. So, um, Friday nights can be hard, but, uh, we're coming up on episode hundred now. Here's what I plan for episode. This is my ideal episode 100. I have as many of my friends on the show as possible, and we just talk Mopars. For episode 100, that would be the greatest thing ever. Hopefully, people could drop in. Hopefully, we get a lot of people in the chat. So I'm going to be promoting episode 100 a lot, even if it's just me here talking your ears off. That's what we're going to do. Um, up until then, I, I got to get another high-performance heritage episode in there, and uh, I'm trying to get one or two interviews of people that you haven't heard from yet, um, which should be a lot of fun. So that's what I'm working on. It would really help me out if you guys checked out some of my latest videos and share them, like them, comment on them. That helps me out a tremendous deal. Um, for everything you need to know about this podcast, please visit talkingmopars.com. And if you want to hear your story on this podcast, you can do so by sending me a voicemail to my voicemail box at 209 28 Mopar, and I'll play your message on the show. You can also email me, Chris, at TalkingMopars.com. You can send me all your questions, comments, complaints, suggestions, and everything else on your Mopar Addicted Mind. So be sure to do that. And uh, you know what? No Mopar left behind. And hey, don't be scared to knock on doors, okay? If I can go knock on doors and take video footage of cars, you can too. And I would really like to see some of your finds. A good friend of mine gave me a crazy idea, and I think it might just work. So email me, message me your craziest Mopar finds. You don't have to tell me exactly where they are unless you want to. Of course, it'll be confidential for now. But uh, I, my buddy gave me a really cool idea, and he knows what that idea is. And I'll see what kind of um, action we can get on it. So if you know of a crazy Mopar in your area, don't worry. I won't tell the world. But um, I think it would be fun to like share share the finds and stuff and compile a small list. Um, that's all I'll say about that for now. But uh, yeah, no more part left behind. Be safe. Um, drive carefully this weekend, and hopefully you get some time out in your garage. I think uh, with me still waiting on parts for the Mister Norm truck, I think I'll work on the boogie van a little bit. So 
I'll uh, I'll get that uh, that timing right so you guys can stop hammering me and hopefully I won't have to start it with starting fluid because you guys have been hammering me on that. God, you guys have been beating me up, but it's fine. It's fine. I'm gonna keep starting that thing with starting fluid until it runs good. And uh, I'm I've got a I've got a fun video. So tomorrow's video. I've got a little bit of time in the afternoon because uh, I'm taking my family. We're going to a kangaroo farm tomorrow in Washington. So that should be interesting. Um, shout out to all my Australian friends. Uh, but after that, there's uh, a couple cars, a couple Mopars that I want to go check on. Um, that should be fun for uh, for the page. So there will be a live video of that um, probably sometime in the afternoon, early afternoon or something. So... Be on the lookout for that. Like I said, for the 900th time tonight, no Mopar left behind. We'll see you next time. Thank you for watching. I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.